Italian. Well, a fifth grade boy had heard a sermon on persistence in prayer and was praying by himself in his room one night. While he was praying, his dad passed by his door and he heard the boy praying over and over again these words. He was just saying, Tokyo, Tokyo, Tokyo. And the dad walked by and stopped and thought to himself, that's kind of strange, but I'll just let him keep praying and I'll, I'll talk to him about it tomorrow. So next morning, they were having breakfast and he said, son, uh, I heard you praying last night. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I was praying. And that sermon really spoke to me. And he said, well, what, what were you saying? You seemed to say the, the same word over and over again, Tokyo, Tokyo. And he said, oh, well, I think I gave the wrong answer on a test for the capital of Mexico. And I was praying that Tokyo would become the capital of Mexico. You know, a lot of times when we pray, our prayers are kind of desperate like that, aren't they? They're, they're, they're prayers sometimes of desperation. Either we're asking God to, to work some type of miracle, or we pray that he will change the possible consequences of our actions. In the case of this little boy, that he would change the, the consequences of him not studying or him giving the wrong answer. But prayer is much more than, than asking God to fix our problems. Uh, many times prayer is, is asking God to lead us in such a way, to give us direction and wisdom in such a way that we don't have problems in the first place. Amen? Many times that's what prayer is for. So today we're looking at a passage of Scripture where David seeks divine leadership so that he can avoid potential problems and potentially making the wrong decisions of which there would be consequences that would be bad for him. And as we look at this passage today, we'll be able to see how we can also seek divine leadership in our decision-making. So 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 1 says, Now they told David, Behold, the Philistines are fighting against Helah and are robbing the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, go and attack the Philistines and save Kilah. But David's men said to him, behold, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more than if we go to Kilah against the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord again, and the Lord answered him, arise, go down to Kilah, for I will give the Philistines into your hands. And David and his men went to Kilah and fought with the Philistines and brought away their livestock and struck them with a great blow so David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. When Abiathar, the son of Ahimelech, had fled to David to Keilah, he had come down with an ephod in his hand. Now it was told Saul that David had come to Keilah. And Saul said, God has given him into my hand, for he has shut himself in by entering a town that has gates and bars. And Saul summoned all his people to war to go down to Keilah to besiege David and his men. And David knew that Saul was plotting harm against him. And he said to Abiathar the priest, bring the ephod here. But David said, O Lord, the God of Israel, your servant has surely heard that Saul seeks to come to Kilah to destroy the city on my account. Will the men of Kilah surrender me into his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord, the God of Israel, please tell your servant. And the Lord said, he will come down. 
Then David said, Will the men of Kilah surrender me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, They will surrender you. Then David and his men, who were about 600, arose and departed from Kilah, and they went wherever they could go. And when Saul was told that David had escaped from Kilah, he gave up the expedition. And David remained in the strongholds in the wilderness, in the hill country of the wilderness of Ziph, and Saul sought him every day, but God did not give him into his hand. Heavenly Father, as we worship you today, as we've sung your praises, as we've given back our tithes, our offerings, as we seek to hear a word from you today, we thank you for your word that you have written down for us and inspired the men of old to write these words to us so that they would come into our hearts and penetrate our minds and hearts and change our lives, convict us of sin, Lord, allow us to be encouraged, all these things. Today, Lord, we pray especially that your word would give us guidance today. You would show us today how your word can can guide us in our decision-making Father, I pray that my words are yours today, that you fill me with your spirit as I preach, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, I want to give you three things we can do when seeking divine leadership. Three things we can do when when seeking divine leadership. Number one, simply, we ask God for direction. Ask God for direction. Now, many of us, if we've been Christians for a while or been in the church for a while, we understand, and we've probably heard messages on this and and lessons on this, that we should ask God for direction. But many times we don't until it's too late, or we don't until it's the last resort many times. Verse 1 says that, that they told David, behold, the Philistines are fighting against the city of Keilah, and they are robbing the threshing floor. Now let's remember that David was a fugitive. King Saul is trying to hunt him down, and he's now living in a large cave with 400 loyal soldiers, misfits that God had given him, people who had had hard lives, who who owed people money, who, who had different issues in their life, and they were loyal to David. And so he's just trying to lay low. He's just trying to survive. He's trying to go unnoticed. But now David is told of the Philistines, Israel's enemy, that they were robbing and they were pillaging this little Israelite town out in the, in the kind of the middle of nowhere, this town Keilah. And, and the cave that David was living in was close by, and he could probably do something about it. He had 400 men, and his brothers were, Israel were in this town, and they were being just, just robbed and pillaged and So he had a moral decision to make. Should he help his brothers? Should he just stay out of it? There's all kind of risks in appearing in this city. Remember, he is a fugitive. You would think that if he didn't pray about it, he would say, hey, listen, I have my own problems. I'm not getting involved in that. You would think that he would uh, not go, but this is why we pray. Verse 2, David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and save Keilah. So David asked the Lord specifically 
what he should do. And that's a lot of times when we're praying for direction, that's what we need to do. We don't just say, Lord, give me direction. Lord, specifically, do I do A? Do I do B? Do I do C? Lord, specifically, give me direction. This is what he says. Shall I go and attack these Philistines? God answers him specifically about what he should do. Now, the method of asking God is not mentioned. We don't know how he asked God specifically. But in Old Testament times, many times people would, would cast lots. Now, what in the world is lots? Well, it's very much like flipping a coin or rolling dice. And this is what they would do. They would assign an answer to lot. And this is literally what they would do. They would say, uh, this lot here would be attacked. This lot here would, would be not attacked. And then they would cast them. And whatever it turned up, they took it as that God was involved in that. And he was during that time many times. And so that's probably what he did. We don't know. We don't know if he did this, but it wouldn't have been unusual. But in the New Testament, nowhere are we told to do this in the New Testament. We're never instructed to cast lots. And we're not because we have the Holy Spirit leading us. Each believer has the Spirit of God guiding us and showing us what we should do. And we have God's Word, which tells us that we should act in accordance with God's Word. So we understand. Now, now again, should I attack the Philistines? That would not even be in God's Word today. If you were a, a commander and you were going to war and, and you had a decision to make, that wouldn't be in the Bible. But you could ask God for direction, and you have the Holy Spirit leading you. And, and God spoke to David in this way, and he answered, and David trusted and obeyed how many of us would have been like we would cast that lot and it would show up and we'd say oh let me cast it again right <laughs> we do that a lot sometimes just in general well i've prayed about this and god's told me to do this but i don't know you know maybe i didn't maybe i should pray about it again <laughs> well how many times are you gonna pray for it right you got your answer and he got his answer and then he might have been second guessing himself because look at verse three his men said, David, listen, we're afraid here where we're at. How much more then are we going to go to the city of Keilah? Then we're going to fight an army? David's men, again, a bunch of misfits and outcasts, were afraid of this foreign army. So David took it under advisement, which is not, not you know, it's not, that's not a bad idea, and prayed to God again. Verse 4, David inquired of the Lord again. He says, God, are you sure? <laughs> right? Are you sure? Is this what we're going to do? Because my men think it's a bad idea. And the Lord answered him, Arise and go down to Keli, for I will give the Philistines into your hand. He gives him more information. This time gives him even more of an assurance that it will be successful. And David and his men went to Keli and fought with the Philistines and brought away their livestock and struck them with a great blow. So David saved the inhabitants. David asked God for direction. God gave him direction. And to me, that's very comforting to know that when you ask God for direction, he gives it. Amen. We have the Holy Spirit guiding us, directing us, letting us know, oh, this is what I think has happened. This is, and it's just sometimes it is a subjective feeling. But that's the Holy Spirit speaking through you. And it will never go against God's word. It will never contradict the word of God. 
A co-worker asked a friend why he got donuts if he was trying to diet. He said, well, I came around the corner where the donut shop was, and I told God if he wanted me to buy some donuts to have a parking spot in the front. <laughs> and on the eighth time around, there it was. <laughs> You've been there, right? So we have to be careful what and how we ask God for direction, amen? I mean, that's, a, that's obviously, if you do that enough, it's going to open up. But we have the Holy Spirit and we have his word to guide us. Look at Proverbs chapter 3. It says, to trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Our own understanding is, is mired in all sorts of uh, fears and, and, and prejudices about what we should do and, and preconceived notions about how we should act and what we should do. And so we can't lean on just our own understanding even if we have all the, the intelligence in the world, even if we have all the experience in the world, a lot of times we'll, we'll fall back on that. Well, we'll fall back on maybe the intelligence we have. Maybe we'll fall back on the experience. We know I've been through this. I've seen this happen for years, and this is what's going to happen, and I know it'll happen in the future. The older I get, I find myself making a lot of decisions based on being through something before. Amen? I do. I'm like, well, yeah, I've seen that happen, and this is, this is what'll happen, and you know, I know, yeah, big win for the Gamecocks against Florida, but they'll probably lose in Missouri. I told everybody that. And it happened. You know, so I kind of feel like after a while, you know, experience can kind of, can, I know what's going to happen. So, but he says, do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Trust the Lord in all your heart, and don't think that you don't need the direction. It might seem obvious to you what the right answer is, but have you asked God for it? Have you prayed to him? Now, God can also give us signs. He can use circumstances to lead us in the right decisions as well. When I was praying about God leading me to, to First Baptist, I had told a pastor friend about this possibility. I said, pray for me. You know, I think God might be leading me here. This is years ago, of course. And he prayed about it. And one day he called me up on the phone Right the day before I was going to come down and meet with the search committee, he called me up on the phone. He said, Charlie. I said, yeah. He said, God's calling you to Monk's Corner. I was like, well, okay. I think he is, but what, you know, I think so. But why, why are you saying that? He said, I turned the TV on, and I was watching House Hunters on television. And the very first house that popped up was a house in Monk's Corner, South Carolina. I was like, well. Okay, I'm just like, I told my wife, I was like, let me play what uh, so-and-so said to me. He called me up and told me I was going because he saw house hunters. Anyway, so anyway, I didn't take that for the reason, right? But I, I put it back in the back of my mind. He was, he was clear about it, right? And he's a pastor, right? Clear. He knew that was the case. And so then God called me. And then even today, even like a month ago, he said, you know, I knew you were going to go to Monk's Corner when I saw that episode of house hunters. He never even heard of Monk's Corner before and he saw it. The point is this, if you pray for direction, God makes it clear. We don't need a friend to tell us these things, although it helps. God will make it clear. He primarily gives us directions through his word and through his spirit and leads us into proper decision making. And when faced with a difficult decision, we always ask God for direction. Secondly, ask God for wisdom. 
Sometimes we need him to direct us, and sometimes we need him to give us the wisdom to make the decision. A little different. Verse 6, when Abiathar, the son of Ahimelech, had fled to David, to Kilah, he had come down with an ephod in his hand. Now it was told Saul, told Saul that David had come to Kilah. Now an ephod was some type of garment the priest wore, and there's a little bit of disagreement as to what exactly it was. Some people think it might have been like a, like a tunic or it might be something they held, a little disagreement, but... but but Ahimelech had it with him. And because, uh, or, or Abia, uh, he was the only, I mean, Abiathar, he's the only surviving priest, when he went to Kilah to, to with the band of men to, to rescue the Israelites, someone spotted it. So Saul knew that David had been there. The one surviving priest had his ephod on or with him, and they knew that that was, Saul, that was David's men because he was the only surviving priest. And Saul says this, God has given him into my hand, for he has shut himself in by entering a town that has gates and bars. So now he's hiding in this town, and he says, now I can go, and I can, I, he's, he's trapped, right? Verse 8, Saul summoned all the people to war to go down to Keilah to besiege David and his men. And, and David knew that Saul was plotting harm against him. And he said to Abiathar the priest, bring the ephod here. We're not real sure why he's telling him to do that. Maybe they're going to destroy it. I don't know what it is. But, but bring the ephod here. And, and David said, O Lord, the God of Israel, your servant has surely heard that Saul seeks to come to Keilah to destroy the city on my account. And this is what his question. Will the men of Keilah surrender me into his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O oh Lord, the God of Israel, please tell your servant. And the Lord said, he will come down. So he says, yes, he's coming. And David said this, will the men of Keilah surrender me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will surrender you. So he's asking God, Lord, give me wisdom about what's going to happen and then what I should do. Obviously, if he's going to be surrendered by the men that he just saved, wisdom is don't stay there. <laughs> don't stay there. Even though David had saved these men from enemies, God has revealed to David that the same men that he saved will be loyal to the king and they will give him up to Saul. David needed the wisdom from God about what to do. Do we leave this city that's walled, go back to the caves? These people that I saved and got, got their livestock, brought their livestock back to him, back to them. They're going to give me up. The Lord said, yep, they are. So he asked God for wisdom. There's a theologian named G.K. Chesterton, and he, he and several other literary figures were asked one evening, if they were stranded on a desert island, what book would they want to have with them? And uh, one writer said, without hesitation, he'd want the complete works of Shakespeare. And another said, well, I'd, I'd choose the Bible. And they turned to Chesterton, who was, again, a theologian, and they said, how about you? What would you like? And he said, I would choose Thomas's Guide to Practical Shipbuilding. 
I mean, the Bible would be wonderful to have on a desert island, but if your goal is to get off, give me a book about how to build a ship. Amen. Sometimes we need wisdom, and God will give it to us when we ask. Look at James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. God will give us wisdom if we ask. Amen? So a lot of times we make unwise decisions just because we haven't asked or we haven't obeyed. He gives it to us. What a great promise that is, that our God, who created the heavens and the earth, who knows the number of hair on our heads, some of you with more than others, will give us wisdom when we ask. But we, but we got to ask. Look at Ephesians 5. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. We're told to, to walk, to, to live. That's what walk means, live. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. If we're not in prayer, it's going to be very hard to walk our Christian path day after day because the days are filled with evil. We know that, amen? And if we're not in the Word, if we're not praying for direction and for wisdom, we're going to trip up on things in our walk. Because there's, it's foolish, he says, not to pray for wisdom because the days are evil. You're going to be bombarded by evil messages. God working evil through people. Evil systems. So we have to have wisdom as we walk. It's God's will. It says it right here for us to be wise. That is what the will of the Lord is. What's, what's God's will for my life? Well, one, to be wise. Well, how am I wise? I'm wise by asking God for wisdom. So we ask God for wisdom. And finally, number three, we thank God for salvation. And when we pray, we thank God for salvation. It says ask God, but I think it should be thank God. That's my mistake. My notes say thank. I probably gave him the wrong one. Thank God for salvation. Verse 13 then David and his men, who were about 600. Now, remember, four was 400. God's still blessing David. He's now up to 600 misfits and outcasts. But you know they're being trained. You know they're getting better. Arose, and they left Kayla, and they went wherever they could go. They don't know where they're going, but they know they're not going to be in that city anymore. Sometimes you ask God for wisdom. He might just say leave, but he might not say to where. And they don't know where they're going, but it was going to be a lot better than staying there and getting arrested and murdered by King Saul. When Saul was told that David had escaped from Keilah, he gave up the expedition. And David remained in the strongholds in the wilderness, in the hill country, of the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul sought him every day, but God did not give him into his hand. 
God still protecting David. We've seen this, how God was still protecting David because he had a will for David's life. And it wasn't his time to be taken into Saul. He continued to protect David. He continued to give him direction and wisdom. And David trusted in God. Even though every day Saul was looking for him, David's trust did not waver. And every day in our life, we're going to have evil things. The Bible tells us this. Satan's going to be after us some days. Some days it's our own flesh, our own sin. Some days it's just the world. But every day... It's going to be a good day, but every day there's a possibility of something bad going on. So we need to trust the Lord every day, and we should thank God for the direction he gives us. We should thank God for the wisdom he gives us, and ultimately we should thank God for salvation in Jesus Christ. God loved us so much he sent his only son that he should die on a cross Take God's wrath upon him that was meant for us, that whosoever would place their faith in Jesus Christ would be saved. Because of that relationship we have with God, we know he will do the same for us. It was Thanksgiving in the local nursing home, and the small resident population gathered around their humble Thanksgiving table. And the director asked each one to express one thing they were thankful for. And thanks were expressed for a home in which to live, a home in which to stay. Thanks were expressed for families. And one little old lady, it was her turn. She said, I thank the Lord for two perfectly good teeth. One in my upper jaw and one in my lower jaw that match up so I can chew my food. Now, it seems funny, but that was what she said. She was thankful she could chew. This Thanksgiving, will you thank God for the wisdom he's given you? Thank him for the guidance he's given you, the salvation he has given you. And when you're eating Thanksgiving meal today, think about the blessings, or not today, but this weekend. Think about the blessings that God has given us, even when we don't ask for guidance, even when we don't ask for wisdom, because we know him as Lord and Savior. Heavenly Father, as we close our time together today, we do thank you for what you've given us in Christ Jesus. But we do thank you you love us so much you sent your only son for us and as we close our time together today Lord that we would Lord that we would pour our hearts out to you today Father and we thank you this weekend and this week for the good things you've given us Father we love you we thank you for Jesus and we ask these things in his name